two of the Cougar Sports Show. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, coming to you from the University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Each week, I sit down with USF coaches and student athletes to get the latest inside scoop on all things Cougar Sports. Today I'm here with Director of Cross Country and Track and Field, Doug Peterson, along with two of his athletes, Kat Juak and McCade Shumway. Kat is a senior this year and was voted an NSIC preseason athlete to watch. She also placed 48th at the NCAA National Cross Country Meet last year. McCade is a junior and was named to the 2022 All-Conference team. Guys, before we get into the specifics of this year's season, let's talk about cross country as a whole. I've heard it's one of the most mentally challenging sports out there. Would you guys agree and kind of what's your experience with the mental side of the sport? Um, I would definitely agree that it's definitely mentally challenging. I mean, every runner knows you kind of at some point in a race, you hit that wall where it's like starts to get a little painful. You're like, do I continue and push myself or do I kind of slow down and get more comfortable on the pace? And as Doug always says, you want to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So that's kind of one thing that stayed through my mind with racing and everything. But yeah, definitely it's it's mentally challenging, but I think probably Cotton and I both have been running for a long time all throughout high school and everything, so we kind of know what to deal with and everything. But I mean, still some of the bigger meets like conference and regionals, you still get like a little nervous and like you kind of question and doubt yourself like, oh, like, am I going to, can I actually run this pace and get this place or whatever? But for the most part, it's just Yeah, it is mentally challenging, but it's also pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And I agree with what McCaid said. Like, it can be easy to get to a point in a race where it's just, like, you versus yourself almost. And you just got to, like, consciously make choices during that point to continue um, at your pace or... Um, whatever you're doing. But yeah, it is definitely mentally challenging. Um, um, but I think that's what makes the sport so worth it and so fun is that you get to really just challenge yourself and see how like you can push yourself and then just persevering through those mental like obstacles. When you say um, kind of like making choices as you're running, what's going through your mind during a race? Like, what do you guys think about? For me, sometimes I don't like think. It's weird. I just like blank and just focus on whoever is in front of me. But when I am thinking, I'm telling myself like, okay, next pack, next group. Sometimes I'll tell myself, okay, like surge here, surge there. But sometimes I try to just like keep my mind empty and just like take the race as it is. Yeah, I completely agree with Cot there. No, I never really like think about anything like too specific. Usually I focus on like the, like she said, like the group in front of me or the runner in front of me and try to close that gap between me and them. Um, another thing I also do sometimes is just like kind of check over my form, like make sure like, am I still like have good form? Is everything still working as it should? Am I feeling good? Just kind of go through like a small mental checklist and then, yeah, but for the most part, it's just kind of blank, um, just kind of focus on the race and not really anything too much else. Yeah, what do you think, Doug? Totally agree with what Kat and uh, Makita are saying. Past runner myself, I know one of the mental challenges, I guess, you know, I kind of I kind of laugh where you say it's a mentally challenging sport, and I think back to the days when uh, people have writings on T-shirts and things that they're wearing. It's like, our sport is other sports punishment. You <laughs> yeah. know, and it's like, you know, really it kind of is, but, you know, at the same time, uh, my own experience, and I think, uh, Cot and McCade would certainly agree. You know, the fun part, if, if you can call it the fun part, is when you get done with the workout or you get done with the race or you get done with the run. Just the feeling that you get of accomplishment with that whole experience is is really pleasing. And it's um, that, that makes it kind of a special sport. And you have those experiences with the running. I think back to my running days, when I was in races, big races, you know, where you, you got big crowds of spectators and the screaming and hollering and stuff. And I can still remember the only two people I ever heard was my mom hollering uh, and cheering and my coach 
but otherwise you just kind of block everything else out. It's just kind of a mental block and you get in your own little space and uh, you just kind of take it. Sometimes you get in your own little space and you get so deep into your sp- your own little space, you kind of lose yourself. And then that's where y- you use the coaches and people that know you to realize that you're in there and you just say, call a timeout or something. You know, you don't, can't have a timeout, but you just let them know that, hey, you get your mind back in the right place and then they get back on track with things. So there's a lot of intricacies with the cross-country the distance running side of things. It makes it exciting and challenging. Do you feel like you have to like train the mental side of the sport or is that just something that's ingrained into you now? Definitely you get it over time, as at least I did. I'm not sure about Cod or Doug. For me, like starting out is kind of like, oh, like this is kind of painful. I'm going to slow down to make it more comfortable. And then, you know, just over time with workouts and just practicing racing and everything, starting in high school and getting to college now, you just kind of like know to expect like, okay, I am going to hurt at this point of the race, but it's just whether I can keep going and push myself even more. Because one thing I always tell myself too is the pain can only get so bad like it's never gonna you know have like a bad effect on your overall health or anything like it's just once you pass that mental blockage you're like okay actually like you start picking up the pace or whatever and then you still feel the same as you did before so it's like okay like I kind of found like the pain threshold there and just whether or not I can handle it for x amount of miles left in the race Mm -hmm. and I agree it's like definitely you like learn to have like that mental toughness or whatever but It also comes with training, too. Like, the more you train, like, at a certain level, the more confidence you get, and that helps, too, like, on the mental side of things. For me, like, my freshman year, like, how I was, like, mentally during races to now is, like, completely different. Um, Like, I would get to a race my freshman and sophomore year, and I wouldn't let myself, like, be with the front pack or whatever because I'm like, well, like, it's so-and-so up there. Like, I can't be up there. Um, and then even when I did try, I would like, if I was dying, I would be like, well, I'm with them. So I technically, you know, I should be dying. So then I just like back off. But over time, just like through workouts and just pushing, like trying new paces and trying new things, just learning to be confident in like who you are as a runner and your abilities. You know, they they said that very well. And we've got some athletes on the team that, that don't have a lot of cross country experience. We've got some, we've got some athletes that they were soccer players up until like their senior year in high school. And so they really only got, this is like their second year of cross country running and, and things. And, and, you know, they like, why, why am I not improving so much? And it's like, it's an acquired experience that you have to have as a distance runner. And, um, Cot and McCade are perfect examples of that. You know, they've been doing it since, you know, sixth, seventh grade for, you know, 10 plus years or around around 10 years. And so they've gone through a lot of the challenges where some of our younger runners that don't have that experience, they're experiencing that. And it's a huge learning curve for them. But uh, they're slowly getting a, an understanding of that. And you know, in the long run, it's going to be very valuable for them. Sure, let's talk about that. You said around sixth grade, middle school, I feel like that's kind of when organized cross-country starts. Why did you guys decide to join, and why did you decide to stick with it? <laughs> for me, um, I tried volleyball, and I wasn't good at that. <laughs> and so um, my cr- one of my tech teachers in middle school, like I walked in, he was like, oh, you look like a cross-country runner. You should do cross-country. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and I thought it was like a traveling thing at first. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then I got to practice, and it wasn't that. Um, <laughs> but then all my friends did it, and I was like, I'll stick around and try it more. Um, and then there was like one race in particular where I missed the middle school race. And so then he had me run a 4K with the high schoolers. 
and it hurt, but also it was really rewarding to just like finish it and um, stick with some of the high schoolers. And from then on, I kind of just learned to love the sport. Yeah, for me, my um, dad ran in college and my older brother ran in college. So growing up, like that was always kind of what I was always around. Like I would go with my brother on runs or my dad would go and run with me. Um, I tried football. I don't exactly have the football build. So that was kind of a hard learning experience, but just as long as I can remember, I've always just ran and it's always been a big part of our family. So it's meet week. You guys are heading down to St. Paul to the Roy Griek. What does meet week training look like? You know, for us, meet week means, depending on the day of the competition, like this week, it happens to be on a Friday. That means it's an important meet for us. It's one of those where it showcases pretty much all of the NSIC teams. It showcases some nationally ranked teams. So our goal uh, team-wise is like, Let's go in and, and see what we can do. How do we stack up against these uh, other teams and things? So we tweak our training a little bit. Last week was, a, I, I guess I would call it an overload week because we didn't compete. We'll kind of rest, rest down if that's the proper word to use, but we just don't do quite as much quality. We had an excellent workout yesterday, uh, Tuesday. So now we've got a couple of days to kind of recover and prepare to race on Friday. Now, if that race would have been on Saturday, we might have added a second lighter workout in there. But uh, generally, we, we try to cut back on things. So our mileages might be a little bit less this week, but, but maybe not because we'll still have Saturday and Sunday to get some good quality training in as we prep for the rest of the season. So, yeah, you said yesterday was a good training day. What, did, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've got a three-week cycle that we use with our training. And mm-hmm. for the ladies... Yesterday, it was some 600-meter repeats. Their typical race or their race on Friday is going to be a 6K. So pretty simple, 10 by 600s, or we run a 6K in practice. And we try to run them at race pace, try to keep the brake challenging so that when they get to, to number four or five, halfway through, it's like, oh, I'm starting to get a little tired. It's like, here we go uh, with things. And, and the guys, a uh, little bit different training cycle because their race is longer. They race an 8K. So uh, we did some 1K repeats. The plan was to go 10, but because of things that we did last week, uh, we got to like number five or six, and it's like, you know what? 10 is going to be way too many. So we cut it back to, to eight and got some really good quality out of that. And I think they could have finished that workout, but uh, it's one of those things. Part of my coaching philosophy is like, hey, you got to know when to when to pull the plug on some things. And, and it wasn't that they couldn't handle it. It's just the way they were looking um, early on, it's like, let's not go to the wrong side of things. So we just, we ran eight of them, which works out to be an 8K, which is what we're racing. So it worked out all right for us on that. Do you guys have a favorite workout that you do? I like the lactic threshold workout, just because you can like, I guess I should explain what they are. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll have um, certain miles where we're pushing the pace enough. And maybe Doug can explain this a little bit better, but just enough where it hurt, but not too much. Just like at that lactic threshold level. And so we'll do like four miles at that. But I like them because you can just kind of lock in and just... It just goes by really fast, and it feels good sometimes, which is weird. (laughs) Yeah, um, for me, I would say a favorite workout of mine would be the progressive long runs that we do. So every Sunday we have our long run, and if it's a meet week, um, we just you know just cover the mileage. Don't really think too much about pace. But on our um, weeks that we don't have a meet, we do what's called a progressive long run. So you know start out like a normal easy pace. and then after about halfway, so say, like last week we went 12, so we went f- 
about four miles pretty easy and then hit mile five and started to pick it up and then we just cut cut the pace down throughout it and we got down pretty pretty fast um on sunday but it was just it's just a nice fun workout kind of like caught said like you can just kind of lock in a pace and just slowly progress and get faster and kind of see where your fitness is at both of those are real similar um we get to the lt I, some teams call them tempo runs i like to call them lactic threshold runs uh, where they're running it at a pace where their body is getting rid of the carbon dioxide and the lactic acid waste from breathing in and out, um, inhaling and exhaling, and there's a good exchange rate there. And as, as they progress in the run, it gets more challenging and um, get them to be, as, as they had mentioned earlier, getting comfortable being uncomfortable is kind of what it is without going to the point of complete exhaustion. Um, I like to base our workouts on uh, different levels, and an LT run for us would be a level two workout. Gotcha. What's your average weekly mileage? Every runner is different on the team. McCade is probably one of the higher mileage uh, runners for the guy squad. He's between 70 and 75 miles a week. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, and we've had runners in the past that are even higher than that. We've had uh, runners that are like, I want to run 100 miles a week. I was a runner myself back in the day, and um, I know what it feels like to put on those kind of miles, and so we keep a close rein on that. Let them do it somewhat, but McCade is handling that 70 to 75 miles a week um, real comfortably, but typically on the guy's side, we're probably around uh, 55 to 65 miles a week for our uh, the big guns on the team. Um, ladies, I think Cot is one of those that is one of the higher mileage runners, and she's probably uh, between 45 and 50 miles a week. I would say, and stuff in handling it very well. It's one of those deals where we kind of start them where they're at, and uh, as they get better and they, they get older and more mature, we'll increase the mileage. When you guys are on these really long runs, do you talk to each other? Mm-hmm. Are you, like, at a pace where you can, like, speak? Yes. With the long runs, those are my favorite um, days, like, running with the team because then you just have really fun conversations because you have 12 miles to just – like, if you're quiet, it can be, like, boring. And so then we'll have really interesting conversations, and sometimes we'll play games, like, during those runs as well. Yeah, um, so for us, the guys' team, usually our long runs, if we have a meet, it'd be the day before. So the long runs kind of have a good time to just run easy and kind of break down the meet, see how it was for everyone, see how everyone felt about how they raced. And, you know, some of the younger guys are like, oh, yeah, like, I kind of struggled at, like, this point, and they kind of, like, ask for some advice so we can kind of help them or help uh, explain things to them um, over the long run. And like Cot said, like, it's just um, we get time, you know, you're out there for an hour and a half or more. I think two weeks ago, the guys, most of the guys ran 15 miles. So, like, we're out there for a long time. So it's like, yeah, if you really don't talk, it's going to be really quiet and it's kind of boring. You're just going to listen to everyone breathe in the footsteps. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we always try to, you know, play different kind of games or just um, point out different things. Or we always have so- at least one guy on the team that, like, is really good at making conversation. So we can just kind of start, whether it's, you know, just conversation about the race or just a random debate topic we want to talk about or something like that. What kind of games do you guys play? So sometimes Morgan and I are on the, on the team. We'll play a game where if we run into somebody, like, we'll, like, try to think of what they're do for a living um and different things like that and we'll try to like think of their life story so like little silly games like that yeah we do a bunch of would you rathers so we would like would you rather do this or do this and then um, we kind of go through each person on the team and they answer it and explain why and that takes up usually a good majority of the run because we go pretty (laughs) in depth (laughs) 
you can see why our team is pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have that time to talk, and that's kind of the common bond, you know, conversations and things. I just I have to chuckle because two weeks ago when McCade and them, they were going on their 15-mile run, um, Cot and Morgan and, and Maddie were going on their long run of 12 miles, and I... Sunday mornings, I like to ride bike with them and, and latch on with people. And so Cotton, Morgan, and, and uh, Maddie are on this 12-mile run. And uh, how do they pass the time? Every mile, Cot pulls out her phone and does a video blog. <laughs> uh, she takes a picture and her videos and makes a comment. And yeah, one mile down, we've only got 11 more to go. And, only 11 and more. Things, and, and each mile, it got in there. And somehow, I think, for, I forget which mile it was, is... She includes me in the thing, and so I've got to say something. So it's like entertaining um, with it, and it's just that's part of what the running is all about and things. And, yep, they do it at a pace that they can talk because if they're not able to talk and carry on a conversation, they're running faster than I want them to. So, Gotcha. That makes sense. So let's kind of talk more about meets. Do you guys have different strategies for different courses or do you just stick to your game plan no matter where you're running? So this week we go to GRIAC and um, GRIAC is probably the hardest, I think it is actually the hardest course we'll run all year. Pretty much the hardest course I've ever ran collegiately. It's uh, really hilly, different um, elevation changes throughout it. So going into that we want to, you know, kind of focus on the uphill like we want to you know Doug will give us a course map and for the older guys we know the course pretty well because we've ran it for two or three years now but he'll kind of point out to different points on the map and be like okay like this is where we you know can start surging and pick it up here like on this hill you want to maybe slow down a bit and then use the downhill to speed up or different things like that whereas at Dort I mean it was a pretty downhill course it was pretty flat and easy course to run so it's just kind of pushing the uphills and um kind of letting your body go on the downhills and um get good momentum from that and everything but I think they're for the most part, there is different strategies, kind of like, okay, where do I want to make my move? Where do I want to push myself throughout the race? Just different things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm learning to be more like strategic, like with different courses, because I like to just stick to my game plan usually, where it's like, just go out and see what I can do. And usually I'll find one person, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stay with them. But as I'm getting older, I'm like, realizing I should probably, you know, approach each race, each race different. And so just like learning the different courses and knowing that you need to approach them differently, like McCade was saying, is something that I'm trying to practice. But, Kat, you know, Kat's game plan is I'm going to go with the leaders and see what happens. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of Kat's plan. I mean, that I, realistically, Kat is at that ability level. That's that's the game plan. It's like go out with the leaders and see how the race develops with things. So. That's, and, and I think for the guys, uh, like at Dort, that was the plan too, is like go out with the leaders and see where it takes you with things. Um, the GRIAC meet, now imagine like last year on the men's side, there's 400 runners in the race. Wow. And so it's huge. And so team running is critical um, with that. And the ladies, I think there is like 370 or something like that. So it's easy to get lost in a crowd cross country it is a team sport and it and it does help to run with teammates or people that you know are at your ability level and things so that's really important there's you know there is it's not just as easy as you know, lace up your shoes the gun goes off and you just run and see what happens there is a lot of strategies that are involved with that to be successful when you say there's 400 runners and this is in St. Paul so is this the U of M hosting yes 
how does scoring work between the different divisions or is everybody all together? Yeah. So the race that we're in, they have a, a D1 race. They'll run a D1 men's race and a D1 women's race. And then they run a D2, D3 race that we are in. And that would involve any NCAA Division II teams, any NCAA Division III teams, NAIA schools, and uh, JUCO teams. So there's, I'm going to guess there's going to be close to 35 to 40 complete teams. Scoring wow. is pretty simple. Um, it's kind of like golf. Whatever place you finish, that's the points that your team gets. And you take your five lowest scores, you total the points up, and that's your team score. The team with the lowest points is the winner. Is it common to race against uh, D3 NAI JUCO teams? It is. Like at the Augie Twilight, um, there was that was all in one. So we had D1, D2, D3, and NAI schools in that one. It, typically they do. Now, even when we went to Dort two weeks ago, um, D2 and um, NAIA schools there, and there was even a couple of JUCO teams there. So kind of depends on where you're at, whether uh, the competition, but that's the nice part is running is pretty common, you know, mm-hmm. and, and things. So it works out real well that we can cross race against other divisions. Yeah. What about race day superstitions? Mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything that you have to do? I know for me and a couple, it goes for a couple other guys on the team, but if it's like a bigger, you know, higher stake meet, the day before, we always take a nice bath. Pretty pretty common, simple. Um, other than that, for me, one other superstition I have, I always I just have my race day socks, and mm-hmm. I panic if I do not have them in my bag. So I always <laughs> make sure to pack them, and that's like one of the first thing I put in my bag when, for a meet. But other than that, that's kind of it for me. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say I really like to just eat pasta the night before a race, and I always tell myself if I don't eat pasta, I'm not going to do well. But then I've had <laughs> races where I did well, and I didn't eat pasta but it's the superstition I've had for a while. And then I also like to have the same routine like every meet week. If that's going to bed at a certain time or, I don't know, like the night before, like just the stuff I'm doing, I like to keep it pretty monotonous. I don't believe in superstitions. (laughs) Um, I used to, and McCade mentioned socks, and we've had some guys that (laughs) they've had the same... Meet, so- meet day socks since like junior high uh, <laughs> and the only thing that is you can identify as the socks is the elastic band at the top of the socks <laughs> I mean the heels are <laughs> gone the toes are gone and things you know so it, it works I guess um, I just don't believe in in superstition with some of that stuff and part of that is, I think it's my Christian faith with it as long as you've got Jesus in your heart, you don't need any superstitions with things. You don't need pasta, no <laughs> socks. But if it's their comfort zone and it puts them in their comfort zone, that's fine. You go ahead and yeah. That's what it's more like for me. It's just yeah. getting yeah. And I just think that's that a, that's a big do. thing. It's just yeah. you know the comfort zone of things. Some some of the athletes, they do better with morning races than they do afternoon evening races, um, and that's just part of the comfort zone and the routines that they get in. So. I get a lot of that. So, like, we try to accommodate cot with pasta the night before. <laughs> Most other runners would probably be the same way. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we'll do the pasta. I, I did have one runner in the past that always liked to eat a sirloin steak or a T-bone <laughs> the night before. It's like, how do you want all that protein for? This is it's my pre-race. Yeah. Okay. But for generally, it's pasta. 
Gotcha. Let's talk a little bit about the 2023 season so far. We've touched on it a little bit, but Kat, you ran a personal best 5K at the Sunflower Open with a time of 17.30. What were your thoughts going into that race? Going into that race, I was I wasn't really nervous just because it was a smaller meet. I didn't realize like how fast it would go out. Um, and so when we started the race, I was like, okay, this is comfortable. This is good. And then we got to like the mile split and I was like, oh, you know, this is like the same pace as Twilight, which is good, but I wasn't expecting that. But going into that, I wasn't expecting a PR. And so when I crossed the finish line, I was like, whoa, like what? But it got, it was a really comfortable race up until like the last mile. And it was, then it was kind of painful, but No, it was really fun to just like, I think at that meet, we did a good job of running really well as a team on the girls' side. And so we pack ran for a while. And then that was fun to just have everybody PR. And at the finish line, it was like, oh, I ran like a personal best of like 10 seconds. And everybody was just um, really happy with how they did. And um, some of the younger girls on the team, like they're running PRs now. And it's exciting because it gives us something to look forward to towards the end of the season. Yeah. How did that meet go for you? Um, yeah, it went it went fairly well. Both races, I think, went. Augie Twilight was a little disappointing, uh, personally, for me. But um, as Doug probably knows, every year in cross-country, I've kind of started out fairly slow. And then by the time it comes to um, the uh, bigger championship races, I always seem to, to run just fine. So I'm just kind of, right now, just sticking to the process and just, you know, um, getting used to racing, playing out different strategies, figuring out who to run with and everything like that. But for the season so far, I think on men's and women's side, it's been pretty successful and we couldn't really ask for much more. Yep, it was a great uh, great start for us. Augie Twilight, just the atmosphere and the culture that's there. I, I like to I like to say that, you know, we look forward to the Augie Twilight, but we don't like the meat, if that makes sense to you. Um, if you've like, been to the Augie Twilight, it's like, okay, they run it, the ladies ran at 8.40 in the evening, the men ran at 9.10. Um, it was literally dark. They had glow sticks marking the course. They had spotlights at the start. They had spotlights at the finish, floodlights at the finish. The parking lots had their lights on, but most of the course was in the dark. And you're looking at large crowds, so it's difficult to run a team race there. But it's an important race for us because it lets us know where things are at with our training and we can move forward from that meet. Our takeaway on that is like, okay, this is a starting spot. We've got um, a number of weeks now until the conference meet and so we can build on that first meet. And we go to Dort with some specifics on that. Now, the men's side, um, Dort University, uh, they were the defending NAI national champions. So that's exciting to get a chance to race against them. They won the national championship last year, and we raced them, uh, men's team, right at the end of the season, and they beat us by, I believe, eight or ten points. So it was like, okay, let's see how we stack up against national champions. We beat them by two points, which is exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And the ladies' side of things, I believe Dort uh, women were the conference champions last year, and they also qualified for the national meet. So it's like, okay, um, how do we stack up against them? And what Cot failed to realize, say is like, okay, they had, I think, uh, the runner that she beat was their defending conference champion. She went head-to-head against him and kind of showed, showed them like, okay, this is what D2 is all about. So that's exciting. So, so to come away from that, that was very, very encouraging. And we, we use those pluses and positive experiences as we go forward now into the GRIAC meet. 
looking for challenges there, you know, against teams in our conference, um, teams that are nationally ranked. I believe there's going to be three teams that are nationally ranked that we get a chance to think, okay, how do we stack up against some of these teams? You know, it's all about stacking up. How do we compare? Um, can we improve our rankings? The last couple of weeks, our men's team have been ranked in, in our region in the top 10. This week, we dropped out of the top 10 as far as the rankings go. Um, women, the first week, they were ranked. And then the second week, they weren't ranked. And now they are ranked. So that's exciting. So it's the fluctuations with things like that. But the Northern Sun is, is very strong in the region, both the men's and the women's. I think there's five teams from our conference that are ranked in the top 10. Wow. So, so that's exciting to see how we stack up against them as we use GREAC to compare. Like, okay, where are we at? How are things going? And now we've got, you know, basically from the GREAC meet, it's a month till the conference meet, six weeks till regions. So looking at the conference meet, do all teams qualify or is it only like top half of the conference? Like, how does that work? All the teams that have teams qualify, yes. Okay. And how ma- is there a limit to how many runners? So at the comp, typically, uh, like the GREAC meet, okay, we'll run uh, 15 men, 15 women. It's unlimited entries, but they only count for scoring the first seven. Um, and then they they total the top five. And so runners six and seven on the team are pushers. And then the others that are in the race, they just they aren't counted in the scoring, the team places and things. Conference, uh, similar, we'll, we're able to run 12 runners. But once again, they only score the top five with things. But then when we get to regions, we can run seven and they only score the top five. We call runners like six and seven, we would call them pushers because it, what it does is it pushes back the scores of the other teams, their top five runners. How do you guys go about setting individual and team goals for the season or for even just individual meets? So for the girls team um, at preseason, usually we'll sit down and have a meeting and um, just talk about some of the goals that we have as a team. And then individually we'll meet with Doug um, at various points in the season and create goals for just our individual selves and then like we'll have a sheet that we like we'll write our goals on and then how we expect to reach those goals yeah caught pretty much covered all the bases there the guys team is the same at preseason we all meet as a team with coaches and without coaches and we just talk about you know can we do this this year you know what are some team goals that we want to do whether it's placing high as a team in conference and region so i know this year we said we want to be top two in conference top five in regions and um, so then we all kind of just like agree to, you know, this is what it's going to take in order to reach our goals. Everyone kind of buys into that. And then as far as individually, just like Kot said, we meet with Doug once a season or twice a season. So cross country, indoor track and outdoor track. We meet with him. We talk over, you know, our prior season and like, okay, these were the goals that you had. Um, you met these goals or you didn't meet these goals. Why or why not? And then we kind of expand from there. And then another good thing about goal setting is just looking back at the previous season. Be like, okay, like... I ran this time um, last cross season, like can I improve by 20, 30, 10 seconds, or can I just try to match that again? So just kind of looking back at previous um, previous years helps out for goal planning as well. As McCade is talking, you know, you think with basketball and stuff, and it's so different than other sports, where cross country, like, okay, McCade has run the GREAC three times. Kat has run the GREAC three times. She can look back and see, okay, I ran this time, and I had placed this this place and so those are 
you know, individual goals that they have. So there's not a lot. We'll, we'll have some discussions. I'll talk to the runners and we'll have those kind of goals. And then as a team, we'll talk and we'll do some game planning, I guess, Thursday evening in the hotel. And we'll talk about some of those goals and go from there. You know, and obviously from year to year, the course, they might have been real rainy or really dry or whatever. But I think now this year, it's going to be pretty dry up there. So it'll be real comparable to last year. So there's all of that that's involved with that too. But it's it, the goal setting, it, and that's that's part of with running. It's like really goal driven uh, with the success that they want to have with their running. Let's kind of talk about the team culture here at USF a little bit. We've touched on it. I mean, obviously, you guys are going to be super close with the amount of time that you spend together, but what's it like? It's um, kind of, I don't know if Doug mentioned this or not, but um, it's very, um, like, similar to, like, a family. Like, we're so close, and we do a bunch of team activities in the beginning of the season, just kind of throughout the year, we always do team activities and team hangouts and everything. So you, I mean, most of the team, I would say, are, like, my best friends, and you get to know everyone really well, and um, just meet people of all different backgrounds. So that's really exciting. And then another thing um, is we're obviously all faith-driven, and um, Doug does this really cool thing where once a week, as a cross team during the cross season, then during the track seasons, cross and track team, we do weekly devos, devotionals. So people volunteer on the team, coaches can do it as well, and um, they just kind of can really talk about anything, you know, whether it's just a Bible verse that they, you know, came across and it meant a lot to them and why, or like how they got into faith or how they ended up here. Like everyone just kind of shares their own story in that way. And that definitely like brings all, all of us closer together too. But it's really cool to um, be at the collegiate level and um, have faith be still like a very, very important aspect of the team culture. And I think McCade covered um, our team culture very well. Um, for the girls' side, it's pretty similar as well. It's like a family. We have a lot of different personalities. And so it's fun to just, like, have interactions with people because it's, you know, it's a different interaction with everybody, and you get to really just appreciate people, um, different people. Like, what, on the girls' side, we have a Bible study every Thursday night, um, and then we'll do various activities with each other. Something that we just started this year is Secret Sister, which is um, at the start of or before races, we'll like draw names for people and then we'll exchange gifts and like little notes for our teammates, which is really nice because then you get a little cute note um, right before your race that kind of just makes your day. Just yeah. little things like that. I love that. You know, and cross country is one of those sports where as a coach, it's not in your face. You know, you miss that shot, you drop that ball, um, that type of thing. It's a lot of positive feedback and encouragement from the athletes and that's kind of what feeds us I think uh, at practices and competitions the the athletes know it's like I'm not a in-your-face type thing if it's a bad race you know you feel bad enough already if you crash and burn on a race it's like they don't need to hear it from me um, mm -hmm. but it's one of those hey we'll, we'll talk about it but you know give it a day or two and then we can evaluate things so we keep it real positive I know like looking at yesterday's workout the guys I mean they had their heads set and their mindset and their bodies program to go 10 1Ks and we cut it to eight. And it's like, oh, thanks. That made it so much easier. And it was, <laughs> you know, so we came away from a lot, a lot of positives rather than beat them into the ground to where they can't walk. It's like, okay, we can, we can do this. So that's just part of what it's all about with the, with the cross country and with the distance running, especially. Yeah. We've kind of talked about the faith aspect a little bit with uh, weekly devotionals and, and other things like that. How important is that to the culture of the team? 
for me, it's it's a huge thing, and that's what drew me to USF is to be able to to experience that. And all of the runners on the team, when they're recruited, they're told up front, this is what it's all about. And it doesn't matter to me what point you are in your faith walk. It's like, I want to help you grow as a young man or as a young lady, uh, as an as a runner and as a follower of Christ. I like to share that some of my greatest experience, two of my greatest experiences on the coaching side of things was um, two athletes invited me to their baptism. Um, and uh, the one we went to, and I think over half the team was there and um, he comes out of the water after being immersed and and look on his face I we all wanted to stand up and just started clapping and cheering and stuff and it's, it's you know it's things like that to watch them grow in their faith that's to me that means a lot I mean that to me that means more than the successes that they have as a runner because at some point in time they're going to quit running and what are they going to do with their life and stuff so I hope they have that faith and I hope they have that great education to to carry them through and, and be successful out in the real world. So that's basically what we're we're trying to do here at USF is to prepare them for the real world after USF. Yeah, why'd you guys choose to come here? For me, I wasn't looking at USF up until my senior year after one of the races I got a text from Doug and he's like, You should look at USF and before that I was kind of planning to go um really far for school but then like just realizing like some of the logistics that come with going far for school um just didn't work with me and then I visited once and I toured the campus and it was a smaller campus than I was used to but still felt like it was like a really beautiful campus my high school coach also went to USF and so he was a big part of why I chose to come here as well because just with conversations that I had with him um he was saying like the program's really good for running. The criminal justice program is also really good. Just like looking at the pros of going to USF, I was like, okay, maybe this is the school for me, which is which is kind of crazy because if, if you would have told me that I'm coming to USF my sophomore year, I wouldn't believe it at all. And then just when I got here, like the training fit really well with me and um, the school as well, my professors. And so it just happened to be a really good fit. Yeah, um, going off what Koch said and like throughout the uh, recruiting process, I always knew I wanted to be kind of far away from home. I wanted to be in a different state and meet new people and not go to like the same school as a bunch of my high school friends. Um, so I went, I visited a bunch of schools kind of all over the Midwest and pretty much had my heart set on a different school. Um, and then my dad was kind of the one who talked me into pursuing a, he wanted me to at least visit a division two school. He's like, just pick one, just say you could go to one and then see how it compares to, you know, the other school that you're interested in. And um, my older brother ran in college. Um, he ran at Minot State, which is in our conference. And mm-hmm. I w- went to his last uh, cross-country conference meet in Aberdeen. And that just so happens to be the year that USF men's team won conference. So like, when I had to pick a Division two school, I was like, oh, like USF is good. Like they won conference that year. And, you know, I like Sioux Falls and it's far enough away, but still close to where I could go home. So visited there, um, contacted Doug, got a visit in right away. And then the campus tour and, you know, the official visit went amazing and I couldn't really ask for much more. And one big thing I liked about USF um, in a non-running aspect was the class sizes. I went mm-hmm. into a, uh, I'm an accounting and business administration major. And I went into one of the accounting uh, classes, just kind of sat with my parents and the professor 
And there was, I think, 12 students in that class. And, you know, the professor knew every kid's first name and the, they were on like a first name basis with each other. And I thought that was really cool to like, you know, I wouldn't be going to this huge auditorium with 100 plus students and I would never know my teacher like on an individual level at all. So that was a really big aspect for me was having smaller class sizes, more intimate with classmates and the professor where you can, you know, be like, hey, like I've emailed my professors before, like I'm like swamped with homework and I got this meet coming up, like would I be able to maybe extend this due date or could I turn this in early or something like that? And they understand very well. And it's just nice to have that. And I don't think I would have found that really anywhere else. I'm definitely glad I chose USF and I love everything about USF. Yeah, that's awesome. If there's any potential recruits listening, do you have anything else to add on why they should come here? I mean, going off from what I um, just said previously, you know, running-wise, we are in, like Doug mentioned earlier, uh, very competitive, not only conference, but region. I think that goes for both the men's and the women's side. I think, how many teams do you remember women's teams made nationals? Five, five or six, I think maybe six ladies' teams and five men's teams. Maybe even more than that. It was like huge number. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very competitive, and you're going to get all the competition you'll ever want um, moving into the collegiate level. And it's very, you know, family oriented almost. We do a lot of team bonding stuff. It feels more like we're a family. Like another thing that Doug said too, it's not a, it's, he doesn't give out the training and says, you know, if you can't do this, you're off the team. Sorry. And I know some of the other programs that I visited were kind of like that. It's like, this is the training. This is how it is. It's been this way for, you know, 20 plus years. If you can't survive it, I'm like, sorry see ya whereas Doug it's like okay like he he's able to know what he said like in his coaching philosophy like okay like this person maybe is kind of struggling needs to dial it back a little bit and he doesn't you know put that person down or anything he's like okay you know what let's just try to do one or two more hard reps and then we'll you know call it quits for the day and um, it's very uplifting like if you go to our if anyone would just go to our practice and or like our workouts we're like cheering everyone on in between our reps and like um, trying to just uplift everyone and be positive and that's one big aspect I like about USF. And, like, for me, with, like, running, um, I think that, you know, if a recruit is looking for colleges, USF would be a good one just because the training is really individualized. Um, and so when you have your meeting with Doug or whatever, um, you set, like, what you want to do, like, mileage-wise. And a lot of things just cater to everybody's own individual needs. Like, on the girls' time, girl side, we have a wide variety of, like, different mileages. Um, and it's all for, like, the same race. But people can, you know, tolerate mileage differently. And so what works for somebody else might not necessarily work for another person. Um, and then another thing that I like is that we have a lot of organized practices. I know, like, some other teams, it'll be, like, come like at this time whatever come like at different points in the day and you're not really with the team as a whole but I think like with USF just having those organized practices every day or every like other day or whatever um, is nice because then you get to really know everybody on the team and you get to know everybody's um, backgrounds and like individual goals so then like at meets it's like oh this person reached their goal and it's very motivational to you know have somebody recognize your goal and um, celebrate it with you. And then on the like school side of things, um, just being like an RA and um, in some of my involvement, we have a really good community base here at USF. And so like outside of running, it's easy to find like your niche groups or like your niche things that you like just um, with the different clubs and with the different dorms, like each have their own like individual community. And so like with my dorm, I know some of the girls will just watch like Vampire Diaries like at <laughs> like 10 at night and it's like oh my gosh are you team Stefan are you team Damon <laughs> I'm like, 
And so just like little things like that, it's easy to find community um, regardless of whether it's in the sport or um, just like on campus. And like McCade said, the class sizes are really nice. Um, and it's been awesome to just get to know some of my professors on a personal level now that I'm old and gonna graduate <laughs> soon. <laughs> it's nice to have, to know like that my professors can write like my letters of recommendation or whatever and they'll know me as a person and just some of the things that I've I've done and they can write one that really caters to me and it's not just, oh, I'm just writing a letter of recommendation. And like they've been supporting me through like, you know, I'm looking to go to law school after this and just through some of that conversations I've had with them, I know I wouldn't get that at a different school and so that's been awesome and that's why I think other recruits should come to USF. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing they, to add? They covered been, it they, all? They've been in my, they, they've been in this program long enough that they totally understand what it's all about being at USF and they know that it's not just about the running, jumping and throwing. You know, Cod is Cod is going to law school. I mean, is that a Jessica Pearson from Suits? Hopefully. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you know, and, and McKay too, it's like these these are two perfect examples of student athletes that are gonna be successful in life. And they're showing that in their academics along with showing it in their success on the athletic field. So super proud of both of these guys, of McCabe and Kai. <laughs> Not these guys, but super proud of what they're doing. And they certainly speak of what this program is about, you know, and, and we are. We, that's our niche that we have at USF, is we are a private Christian university not just with our cross-country team, but our track and field team, um, through the whole recruiting process. They know that that's what we're all about. And I would say over 80% of the athletes on the team, that's what they're looking for is that Christian culture to go with things. So you combine that commonality with the distance running and boom, there it is with, with yeah. things. Lifelong friendships and, yeah, out there. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot mm -hmm. of friendships out there. I jokingly say, you know, God has a plan for you, and it if it's at USF, you don't know what that reason is, but it's there, and they know what's coming next. But uh, yeah. in my ten in my ten years of coaching, I, uh, two years ago I had six weddings, five of <laughs> five of them uh, in one summer were cross country runners that met on the team and ended up getting married. And it's fun to see them. Oh, wow. It's fun to see them have children. And, and one of our uh, former runners was at practice yesterday with her newborn baby that's, what, two months old? Mm -hmm. um, and she was, you know, given encouragement and things. So that's exciting. Track side of things, uh, I think we're at like 14 weddings that we've had in my 10 years here at USF of track wow. athletes, yeah. at, you know, athletes on the team that were part of the program that met and ended up getting married. So it's like, I jokingly say, your future spouse <laughs> might be here and you don't know it. So it's like, you know, of course they roll their, they roll their eyes and mom and dad's like, what? <laughs> but uh, it's just part of that. You know, with those, those things that we're looking at, it just, it makes a common bond for us here at USF. And so that's, that's fun and that's exciting. And it's, and it's very pleasing to see them grow uh, in their faith and as young men and women. We always joke that Doug's the matchmaker. <laughs> hey, you're recruiting all of them. Yeah. So, yeah, any recruits listening, you could meet your future wife or husband <laughs> at USF. <laughs> High chance. 
no comment on that one, Nikki. I could say something right now. Oh, <laughs> guys, uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, yeah, for, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Cougar Sports Show. You can listen anytime on Spotify with new episodes dropping every Thursday. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, and I'll see you next week.